Thank you for tuning in to the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We are one church with multiple campuses in the Elgin and Bartlett communities. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org, our church app, or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, may you be blessed by this week's message. The first reading is from Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. John, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Doubt is not the enemy of faith. Doubt is not the enemy of faith. And more times than not, doubt leads to a deeper faith. It's not the enemy of faith, but it leads to a deeper faith. Faith. And now maybe you've grown up thinking that you can't question God, that you really can't, that, uh, that you've got to follow blindly with, with everything that happens in our lives, never questioning. And if you found yourself in that place of doubt, you just kept it to yourself because you didn't want to share that because you might have felt that, man, if I do that, people are going to judge me. They're going to tell me that I shouldn't doubt, that I don't have enough faith in God. And so let me tell you today that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to doubt at times. This is how you continue to grow in your faith. This is the whole point of this series, and I'm going to remind you once again that, that at the Navigation Center, there's little slips of paper that say, Ask a Pastor. 
So if you've got a question that's coming to your mind, whether that's from the services uh, the past couple of weeks or maybe today's message, you got a question that you just want to ask, write it down. After Easter, we're going to share all those responses. Well, we're going to try to get to all of those questions uh, and respond to as many of those questions as we can between Jason and myself. Uh, And so I encourage you to write those questions down. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, I thank you for calling us to sacred spaces, for calling us to, uh, to focus on you. And so, God, we are here. We are striving to hear your word. And so, God, I ask that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your message, God, for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So last fall, at my parents' church in Wisconsin, I... Uh, they had gathered for worship. It was the, the week after hunting season. So that meant that all of the hunters happened to be back in worship that particular Sunday. And the pastor stood up at the beginning of the service and, and he asked how the season went. And he asked them, he says, oh, how, so how many of you bagged a deer this year? Silence. Silence was the response. Nobody said anything. Well, Pastor Jim said, I don't understand. Last Sunday, all of us that were in worship, we prayed for your deer. (laughs) Just then the guy in the back stood up and said, well, your prayers certainly worked because they're all safe. (laughs) But, But what is prayer? What do we expect when we pray? And does it shake our faith when God doesn't either hear or seem to answer our prayers? You see, when Sherry and I were first married, we had, we had hopes and dreams of a life together. We wanted to be happy and fulfilled and, and have some kids. This also meant that we prayed for normal pregnancies. I mean, we didn't think much about it, but when the time came that she became pregnant with Stephanie, we prayed that everything would be fine that everything would be good. And then we were shocked when, when problems started to arise. We, we prayed even harder for healing, for a change in that prognosis. We still wanted to have the, the normal pregnancy, what, whatever in the world that meant. But then she was born, at just after 24 weeks, weighing all of one pound, three and a half ounces. Normalcy flew out the window. And then our question in our prayer became, why? Why, God? Did God not hear our prayers? Were we not faithful enough? Did we not believe enough? Did doubt get in our way? Why didn't God answer our prayers? You can easily see how this leads down this path. But what we didn't realize at the time was that God did hear our prayers. And an answer was coming. We just needed to be patient. Hmm. But I think we also need to acknowledge that, that when it seems like our prayers go unanswered, it can lead to doubt and questions. It can lead to the questions that Sherry and I were asking. Why, God? Why? Have you ever answer, asked that question? Why, God? There's a lot of questions that 
that are on our, the top of our list to ask when we finally get to heaven and say, God, why? Why all of this? Why does it seem like you answer prayers for this person and for that person, but, but not for me? Why do some people get healed while others suffer for a long, long time? Why does this person get cancer, but yet so many others don't? These are all legitimate questions and can lead us down this road of doubt, but I think it also points to a fundamental problem with our view of prayer. What do we expect? I've already asked this. What do we expect when we pray? Do you think it's going to work like the the genie in a bottle? That you're going to get three wishes and that's all you get, but, but they're all going to be granted? Maybe we ask God for one thing and we get something else in return. Why, God? We could also talk about the, the trivial prayers that we offer, like praying for one team to win the Super Bowl. That can certainly lead to conflict. I mean, really, which team wins? If you're on the losing side, sorry, Ravens and Lions. Yeah, I know. <laughs> does, that meter, does that mean that the Chiefs and the 49ers were, were, were praying harder? That doesn't make sense, does it? Do, do their prayers matter more to God? Does God really care who wins the big game? Does he really? Think about your expectations. Your expectations of prayer. How do you view prayer in your life? What do you expect when you pray? You see, Jesus taught a lot about prayer, but he also modeled it for us. He would retreat from time to time to spend in prayer. In John chapter 17, there is a long prayer from Jesus for all of us. He also taught us how to pray by using that simple pattern prayer that we just got done reciting, the the Lord's Prayer. But he also mentioned a few things that, that we might have a hard time reconciling. John 15, verse 7, in part of our reading today, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now this might be where we get this whole idea of the genie in the bottle, thinking that God will just grant wishes if we end our prayers with, in Jesus' name. Is that how it works? It's not what he's saying here. If we really look at this, in order for this to work, we must abide in Jesus, abide in his words. Everything that we say, do, and think about should align with what Jesus wants for us. This could mean that if we ask, we will receive as long as it is in line with God's plan for us. On earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, but your will be done. This might be difficult to accept because because we kind of grow up being self-reliant. We've been taught by society that, that we should have certain things because we deserve them. Or maybe we've been sold a bill of goods that we should have something just because everybody else has it. But is that really in line with what God wants? for us, for God's desire for our life. 
In Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22, we hear this. Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even you could say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So if we don't receive what we are praying for, if we aren't healed of our cancer, of our leukemia, of our grief, of our anxiety, fear, or any of life's struggles, does that just mean that we didn't have enough faith? If we have a strong enough faith, can we really tell Pike's Peak and the Rocky Mountains to jump into the Pacific and it's going to pick up and make one big leap? Will it? Will that mountain just uproot itself and move? Jesus does a lot of teaching in hyperbole and metaphoric language. Did he really mean mountains jumping into the sea? Or maybe it was that mountain of a struggle in your life that he was talking about. So maybe this shouldn't be taken literally but more of an instruction from, from Jesus to pray boldly in our life. We need to be bold about asking for healing and about provision and even more faith. We should be praying for God's plan in our life. We should be praying that God would use us as witnesses to others and even be the hands and the feet of our prayers, helping others. We can and should be praying boldly for this. However, as we, as we talk about doubt and questions in our faith, especially around this topic of prayer, we should ask the big question that's probably rattling around in, in many of our minds. What difference does prayer make in our life? Does it actually make a difference? Does prayer work? My simple answer to this line of questioning is yes. It sure does. But let me explain. First, prayer's dominant purpose is to establish and maintain a relationship with God, with our Creator. Prayer is a conversation. It's communication with our Creator. Think about it this way. If you're in a relationship, whether that's friends, family, your spouse, does the relationship continue to grow if you don't communicate anymore? If you don't talk, if you don't share, if you've stopped all these conversations and, and stopped talking about your thoughts and your feelings, what would happen to the relationship? And I would, I would guarantee you that it's going to probably start falling apart. This is the same with your relationship with God. God wants to talk to you and God wants to hear your thoughts and your feelings. This is a two-way street. Now, some of you may be thinking, you know what? I don't know that I hear God's voice while I'm praying. So let me ask you this. You ever shut up while you're praying? It's really hard to hear God's voice if you're doing nothing but talking the entire time. Now you might be thinking, Pastor, you're doing an awful lot of talking right now. Spend some time in contemplative prayer, just listening for God's guidance in your life. Meditate on God's voice. This is when you will begin to hear that still, 
small voice guiding you in your life. Second, prayer can bring release to anxiety, fear, and worry. It can, always, it can also be a, bring a sense of peace in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that if you suffer from anxiety, depression, or any other mental health problems, that prayer is going to remove them. Don't hear that in this. But if you are having some worry or anxious feelings over certain situations, praying about it can offer a different perspective and a calming feeling for you. And finally, prayer can help us focus on what we are praying for and encourages us to help those we are praying for. There are times when we can be the answer to someone else's prayer. You probably have already done this. As we pray for loved ones, friends, or even those who, who we struggle with, we will begin to find that our attitudes toward them begin to change. They begin to change. We might begin to see things from a different perspective, from their perspective. Prayer has the power to change our relationship with others and with God. Prayer is powerful. There's a Latin phrase, ora et labora, which means pray and work. I feel that it is imperative that those two go together, pray and work. Prayer leads to work, and sometimes working for the kingdom leads us back to prayer. We can pray for peace. But maybe we shouldn't just leave it there as a prayer for peace. Maybe we should also work for peace, whether that's in our families, in our communities, in our world. We can pray for those who don't have enough to eat. But even more than that, we should also work to feed the hungry in our community, in our world. Pray and work. We can pray for those struggling with, with mental health, but we should also find ways to help those near to us. Pray and work. Work and pray. This is actually the basis for our Rise Up ministry. You might have heard about it. You might have seen something about that in the weekly e-news. Rise Up Ministry is something that we are just now beginning to look at. There is a planning meeting going on February 20th at 7 o'clock here in the Elgin campus. It's about reaching out and helping those within our community that are struggling. And so I know that I have reached out to, uh, to some who have said that they were interested in discerning this new ministry, but if I missed your name, please let me know so that I can include you in this group of planning for Rise Up Ministry, this opportunity that we can have an evening here at Journey of Hope to, to reach out with small groups, with grief support groups, with, with anxiety, with depression, with all of these groups to help people come together and share with one another. We're looking to set this up a little bit later on in the year, but we're going to do some due diligence and, and really do some planning around this to launch this later on in the year. You can also just show up that night and offer your prayers and work as we strive to help many in our community rise up from some of the issues that they are facing. So let me remind you that sometimes, sometimes it, it feels like God doesn't answer prayer. God does. God answers all of our prayers, but it is in God's timing and in God's way.
Sometimes the answer to our prayers is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And still there are other times when it is not yet. Not yet. My wife and I struggled with our prayers for a normal full-time pregnancy and questioned why they hadn't been answered. We wondered why God had certainly answered so many other prayers from other mothers and fathers, so why not ours? Even after some time, we still had questions and doubts, but it was about 20 years later that I got my answer. While I know that God didn't cause the preeclampsia that my wife endured, I know that the answer to my prayer of why God didn't intervene and cure her of this might have been the experience that we went through allowed me to gain insight into the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit. This came to light as I spent a few months serving as a hospital chaplain in the very NICU that our daughters spent so much time. I was able to be a calming presence and a gentle guide for other families who were going through the same thing that I did 20 years ago. God worked through a frightening situation for good. For God's good. God answers prayer all the time. We just have to be patient and trust in God's plan. And brothers and sisters, I know that that's not easy. Trust me, I've been in that same position. It's not easy. But we try. We trust. Because God's plans are far better than our plans. It always ends up that way. You pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we know that you hear our prayers. God, we know that that you answer our prayers. But God, we also that there are, we know that there are times that we question and that we doubt. God, we come back to that phrase, God, help our unbelief. Answer questions for us. Give us glimpses of the kingdom. Give us glimpses of those answers to prayer. And God, there may be somebody out here tonight that, today that, that has been asking questions, that has been praying for something and has been longing for an answer to a prayer. God, help help them to see that answer. Whether that answer is yes or whether that answer is no or whether it is not yet, have patience. God, more than that, offer your presence to us so that we may trust you, that we may walk with you each and every step of our journeys. And all this we do name and lift up in the the mighty and the matchless name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Because it is in your plan, God, that we lift it all. Amen. And now as we get ready to go forth from this place, from from whether that is the sanctuary or the sanctuary of our homes, wherever we may may be today, I ask that as we go forth, that we would know that prayer is an essential part of our faith a conversation with God, pray without ceasing. That does not mean that we have to close our eyes as we drive to pray. Uh, Keep our eyes open and just have a conversation. And don't always speak. Ask God where He would like you to go today. And then just listen. Listen for that nudge of the Spirit 
uh, as God guides along our way through our conversations. And so now, go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.